0: Some of you guys don't know that a, a, a few weeks ago we mentioned as a church we're going to have a uh, a theme for our year. It's called radical dependence, and radical just meaning that total total dependence on God uh, for different areas of our life. Um, and so um, today, what I want to do is that we're going to focus in on this idea of radical forgiveness and how God has radically forgiven us. And that translates into our forgiveness of others, okay, in a radical way. So let's pray together, okay? Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much um, of all that you've done for us in Christ Jesus. Thank you for this opportunity to come together, to sing songs that we are singing to you in, in remembrance of what you've done for us and who you are. And Lord, we just thank you that your Holy Spirit is here. We pray, God, that you would um, just teach us this morning from your Word. We pray that we'd be uh, sensitive to what your Spirit is trying to tell us personally through the Scriptures this morning. And I pray, God, that um, uh, as we come together, Lord, if anyone is in need of just your uh, your healing touch, Lord, whether it be physically, emotionally, spiritually, Lord, that you would touch their lives. Um, in a way that they need, Lord. And just as we um we sang that song, Graves into Gardens, we know that you transform lives um, by the power of your spirit. Lord. And so we just commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So um this morning, uh, what I thought we'd do is we're gonna we're gonna spend some time uh in Matthew chapter 18 and verses 21. Um let me get there, 21 to 35. And so uh, if you don't mind me putting my back to you so that I know what slide I'm on as, as I read through the passage, all right, uh, thank you. So uh, I'm just going to read along here and let's just, uh, Jesus is telling his story, okay, with a point. And that's the scriptures, uh, that's a parable, a story with a point, right? So this is, this is it. So, so then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. And so also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is the word of God. And so, um, powerful story, right, of one who's been forgiven a great debt, right, Um, and and that... uh, you know, sum of money there is just incredible. Is this something that would be unpayable by anyone? Um, you know, and so this this servant comes to the master and says, "You know, I, I I would ask that you would forgive me of this of this debt." And he did, and and um, but it didn't really translate into anything transformational in his life, did it? He experienced the forgiveness of his master, but but that didn't really change him. Um, And I just want to say here as we we get started here to talk about this is that, you know, from the get-go, forgiveness has been part of God's plan. Um, You need to see that uh, forgiveness is in the heart of God. Some scriptures I want to point out to you, in the Old Testament, Psalm 103 in verse 8 says, The Lord is compassionate and merciful slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. And then he says in verse 12 of Psalm 103, As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions or our sins from us. And of course, he's just um, using this idea of you know, hyperbole. Just, as far as the east is from the west, you know it's like immeasurable. He's saying that's how much God's forgiveness is. And then in another uh, one of the prophets in Micah chapter 7, verses 18 and 19, listen to the heart of God here, again, with this theme of forgiveness. Where is another God like you who pardons the guilt of the remnant overlooking the sins of his special people? You will not stay angry with your people forever because you delight in showing unfailing love once again, you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet and throw them into the depths of the ocean. Uh, and I just love that word picture, right? That, that word picture that, um, you know, he throws our sins into the depths of the ocean. And I've heard some people say, and puts a sign, no fishing. <laughs> you know, no fishing. God's not going to go fishing for that. You know, once you've been forgiven of that, and um, you have a relationship with God. Um, you're forgiven. And uh, but I, I just love these verses that remind us that this has really been God's plan all along was to make provision for forgiveness. And um, uh, I would be remiss to mention that uh, ultimately um, Jesus was the answer to that. Um, you know, as we approach uh, coming up here on Holy Week and and we, we reflect on what Jesus was doing on the cross, um, I, I would be remiss at this point to, to not tell you that that's why Jesus came, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could experience the compassion and love of God that's described in the Old Testament. Right? You have to realize that God is a God of justice and love and forgiveness. Okay? So he, uh, you can't have a just God uh, and just say, well, we'll just sweep those sins under the rug. Okay? He's like, we've got to deal with those. There has to be a way that we can see God's love and justice come together, and they did at the cross of Jesus Christ, where Jesus bore the penalty for our sin. And so, um, in, in the book of Ephesians, which is a letter that Paul wrote to a, a church there, uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, Verse seventeen. I want to point out a verse to you that makes
1: this connection. Um, it says uh, actually, verse it's uh, Ephesians one seven. It says, "In
0: Him." Now you have to know that the Him there is Jesus. It says, "In in Jesus, we have redemption through His blood." And then it says, the forgiveness of trespasses. Again, that's another word for sins. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Now, so you need to see that, you know, Jesus being crucified on that cross and his blood being shed was for our sins. Because it says there, it says, in him we have redemption. And how do we have redemption? How are we redeemed? How are we brought back into a right relationship with God? It's through His Son, Jesus, and His sacrifice. Um, And um, many people don't know that what happened at the cross was that the wrath of God was poured out on His Son, who, by the way, uh, was sinless and did nothing wrong. But, but But as is in keeping with the Old Testament, we know that it was a spotless lamb that would need to be sacrificed to forgive sins, right? And uh, I don't know if you remember what John the Baptist said when he first saw Jesus walking towards him, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so he, he knew that Jesus would be that spotless Lamb of God, right? i so I'm, I'm just kind of pointing out this truth that Jesus came so that we could have a relationship with God. And it's the fact that we are sinners and we do um, miss the mark when it comes to doing what God wants with our lives and following His ways that we're not perfect, and God knows that. But in order to be in keeping with His character of being a just God and a loving God, uh, He had to make provision uh, for our sin. And so... Uh, this is what this is talking about here. In Him, we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of trespasses. Now, I love this. It says, according to the riches of His grace. Right, And the riches of God's grace are about the biggest treasure chest you could ever think of. Okay, As deep as you could imagine, the riches of God's grace. You, you can't, in a sense, once you've received the forgiveness that comes through Jesus, um, All your sin is forgiven, past, present, and future. Um, You could put it this way: you can't out sin God's forgiveness once you've received it. Okay, and so um, now, this is the thing that got me. I was I was reflecting on my own personal story uh, this past week um, on how God kind of just got my attention, and the thing that uh, I was that really got me. Was that you know I grew up going to church, uh, and I'd heard um, the gospel message about Jesus and kind of someone I just shared with you. Um, but what I didn't get was this one fact: that God, yes, he he sent Jesus to die for our sins. But I didn't quite understand until uh, my first year of college that that was a gift that God was offering. But like all gifts, it had to be received. And I didn't get that. I didn't understand that. I was like, you know, I, I was, and I was telling my wife uh, the other day, I was like, you know, back then I, was this, I, I wanted to know that if I died, I'd go to heaven. Uh, but I also just did not understand that even though I knew a lot of the facts about Jesus and why he came, uh, I, I didn't understand that I had a personal decision to make. And I want to just lay that before you today because um that's an important fact, okay um did you know that you know in order to be covered by my insurance, you have to be in my family? Not a surprise, right <laughs> okay uh well, so in order to be covered by the blood of Jesus, you have to be in his family, okay, to be in his family, you need to receive this gift okay, and it's uh it's the best way I could think of to explain it and so so um um, the guy who would become my brother-in-law explained to me, it's just simply, like, you just need to tell the Lord you want that gift. You want, you want, you want to be forgiven. You want to uh, have this relationship with God. I didn't even know what it all meant. I didn't know anything about theology. I didn't know any of that. But that didn't matter. Because, you know, when God's knocking on your heart, and you are, and like, on a quest, and you're trying to figure out who he is, and he's just, like, zeroed in on you, which he was on me, I was like, I want that. I, I want this offer of forgiveness. Now, let me read to you what the Bible says about this, this being a gift, right? So, because really this, this big thing we need to see is just that this is a radical forgiveness um, that, that Christians have through Jesus Christ. It, it's radical, okay, that we would be forgiven. Um, Ephesians chapter 2 the same letter I was mentioning to you before. In, in verse 8, it says, For by grace, for by grace you have been saved. Now you need to realize uh, to experience, you know, the word grace there, one way to think about it is unmerited favor. You know, some, getting something that you don't deserve. Right? So as the verse says, it says, uh, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Well, saved from what? Well, save from the consequences of your sin. I'm not, You know, we're not talking like earthly consequences. Everybody here in the earth, uh, as we're here on this earth, uh, you know, experiences some consequences for sin. Not always, you know, um, but, uh, but I'm talking about eternal consequences, okay, because um, the Bible tells us that our sin separates us from God. But... What we need to realize, though, is that he says, you have been saved, right? He says in verse 8 "Therefore, for by grace you've been saved through faith. So it's your faith. It's by faith. It's believing. Believing in what I just explained to you about Jesus Christ. That's, that's how we experience the grace of God and the forgiveness of God. It's just believing. Doesn't that just blow your mind? It's, it's that simple. All you have to do is believe, it says believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. It's that simple. And we try to complicate it. We try to add to it. Uh, And you can't, you shouldn't because what he did, what did he say on the cross? What were the last words? It is finished. It is finished, right? And, And you think about those words and what he's saying is I've done it. I've done it for you. Will you Accept my gift, the gift of him dying in our place, the gift of him receiving the punishment we deserve that's what the gift is it's forgiveness of all of our sin, past present, future, and so, as I thought back on that day when I just was in my dorm room and laying on my bed and just all I did was I just said, Lord, I want your forgiveness, I need it i I know i'm I've messed up I'm a sinner, and i I, I just know I need, I need Christ in my life. I need what he has to offer. I don't even know what it means, but, but, but save me. I mean, there's, there's no magical words, you guys. It's, it's like response, it's the response of a heart that knows, sees their need and realizes Jesus is the answer to that. Okay? That's what it is. So there's, you know, you don't have to worry about praying in some kind of flowery language because prayer is talking to God talking to God, okay? And so, um, I just want to pray a prayer right now that if it's your heart desire and you want to put your faith
1: in Him, that maybe you could just, you know, in your mind, pray with me, okay? Dear God, I just thank You of the gift that You've offered us in Jesus.
0: Thank You that it's by faith that we receive the gift of forgiveness. Thank you that it's the faith of a child. God, I acknowledge that and admit to you I've done things wrong. I've hurt people. I've not done things the way I know you would want me to do, and you call that sin. And so I just admit to you I'm a sinner, and but I need your grace and forgiveness. Would you forgive me? I believe in Jesus Christ. I put my faith in what He did on the cross. To count for me that he died in my place, and I want to receive
1: this gift that is being talked about in Jesus' name, amen. So, um, you just have to realize that
0: you know this forgiveness we're talking about is radical because. To, to think about that God takes all my sins and tosses them into the ocean, right? And that He, he rem- it says He remembers them no more. And, you know, it doesn't mean that God has Alzheimer's. What it means is that He chooses not to hold those against me. And that's, that's awesome. And the thing is, here's the thing. I, I've realized as a, I've been a believer since 1982, um, it could be easy to take, The grace of God for granted. I can, I can, like all this stuff. This is like, as I think about it, when I think about this radical receiving this radical forgiveness of God, it's like spiritual first grade. But we never graduate from this, this aspect. We always have to
1: remember what Christ has done for us, the incredible love of God, and you know.
0: I don't know what we need to do to recapture that. Sometimes I think maybe it's take a little inventory at the end of the day. Not in a beating yourself up kind of way, but just thinking about um, reflecting on your day and just saying, Lord, thank you for the times I fell short today, that the blood of Jesus cleanses me from all unrighteousness. Right? And just remembering that.
1: Now... Um, if you have some good close
0: relationships, or you're you're married to somebody, you know your need for forgiveness. Okay, uh, because it's just the other person will just remind you of that, because you 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 are just as one sinner, married or relating to another sinner. It's just that's the way it goes. Sparks are gonna fly, our imperfections come out, and. And so, you know, the best advice I could give any of us in our relationships when it comes to forgiveness is just keep short accounts, right? As soon as you realize there's something not right, get it right, you know? Um, But before I kind of move into that, I I just want to mention, too, um, again, more of God's forgiveness, this radical forgiveness here. So in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25. These are things that we need to hold dear and remind ourselves of, these
1: truths. Isaiah 43, verse 25. This is God speaking through the prophet.
0: He says the prophet Isaiah, "I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. I am he who blots out your, it's like he, it's like whitewashes them, you know. Uh, Now, this is going to date me, but I remember when I used to have to type papers in college on a typewriter. (laughs) The best thing they ever invented was that little cartridge that you pop in and pop out or the little whiteout stuff. I mean, that stuff is the best thing since sliced bread, right, to blot out my typing transgressions. And so now I have to totally retype a page. I mean, can I get an amen on that? Come on. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's what God does. He blots out. He, he, he just wipes it out with the blood of Jesus. Okay? So let's not forget that. Um, and when you receive that gift of forgiveness, like I was talking about, he starts to do a work. He starts the process of transformation, and, uh, which leads me to another scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter
1: 5, let me get there real quick. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17.
0: Now, so think about this. This is talking about the person who has just embraced the love of God, accepted the gift of, of forgiveness and eternal life that Jesus offers. This is true of that person. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, now that phrase might be new to you, but being in Christ means to be a Christian. In Christ, to be in Christ means that you are connected to God through Jesus, okay? You have a relationship with him. You are forgiven, okay? So, this verse says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, don't gloss over that word anyone. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what your past is, all right? It, it, it's, it's you know, it's forgiven, right? He says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come, right? Every day is a new day with Jesus when you have a relationship with God, all right? And he is, uh, you are a work in progress, okay? Okay. Uh, when you put your faith in Christ, it's a work in progress, and it will continue, you'll continue to grow in Christ-likeness as you, as you engage in the means by which he helps us grow. There's different ways and things that God has provided for us. You know, being in a church family is one of those things that He's provided for us, right? His word, prayer, other things that help us grow. But uh, you're on a journey, it's gonna have us ups and downs. But just know, no matter what, that you are forgiven in Christ. You you are in God's grace. You you cannot undo your salvation, okay? It's not possible. Because if you, let me say this, if you've done nothing to get saved, to become a Christian, except for just believing who Jesus said he was and that he offers this and you repent, right?
1: Then you can do nothing to undo that. Now, he says, the old has passed away, behold, the new has come. And, you know, he'll start
0: working on areas of your life, right? Me, it was my mouth, all right? My mouth needed some serious work, not physically, okay? But what came out of it, all right? And, um, but that that just sticks out to my mind. That's one of the first things. But he's now. It's not like he tackles it all at once, okay, because he knew you couldn't handle it. But he just starts working on different areas of your life. And as you read the scriptures and as you engage, you know, like with church family and you, and you see what God wants for us, you, you realize, you know, where he, he starts putting his finger on things. All right? But we're forgiven, and, and radically so. All right? Now, um, that leads me to the next thing. Um, not waymaker. He is a waymaker. <laughs> I don't know. This is just not my day. All right, so here's what it's supposed to say, and I'm the one that made these, was as as followers of Jesus, we need to, we need to now extend that radical grace and forgiveness to other people. It's really a really simple message this morning, right? God offers us radical forgiveness if we receive what he's done in his son. And then just his heart for his people is to be the
1: best example of forgiving others, right? Um, Colossians chapter 3,
0: verse 13 says, Bearing with one another, if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Right? So we are just, he just lays it out there. As you have received the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ, we're to extend forgiveness and not withhold it to other people. Now, at times, that can be really difficult. There is no question about it. There are some offenses that are done against us, which are just a no-brainer, just kind of, yeah, no, that's okay, no problem, you know. But others are, I mean, they're they're a doozy. Right? And can take some time. And I'll I'll say some more about that here towards the end. But um, but we are called to forgive. It's in Ephesians 4:32, it says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God is in Christ forgave you. So there's the bar, man. (laughs) How much has He forgiven you? You know, everything. Right? So we are to forgive, right, um, each other and people that sin against us. When I think of of, uh, an incredible story of forgiveness in the Bible, do you know what comes to my mind?
1: Joseph. Joseph in the Old Testament. Just a real quick, Run down. So this would be in Genesis
0: chapter forty-five. I'm just going to do a summary, just verbally here with you. Um, but Joseph, the son of Jacob, uh, was Jacob's favorite child. Okay. Well, there's a problem right there. Favorite child. Okay. Uh, don't you don't want to have favorites, right? That's not good. You need to love your children all the same, even though they're different. Um, but uh, so Joseph was Jacob's favorite child, which caused trouble with the brothers, as you can imagine, his siblings. And it it went so far as to they were going to kill him, Joseph's brothers were going to kill him, but instead his brothers decided to sell him into slavery. You know, you don't necessarily know which is worse, but um, that's what happened. And he ends up in, in Egypt. And... At times, again, I'm giving you the intense version. At times, he experienced the favor of other people, and at times, people just flat out forgot him, who promised him things. He he got trapped, falsely accused. All kinds of wrong was done to him. Not to mention what his brothers did. Right, but eventually, God put him in a place of second in command of all of Egypt during a long period of a famine, right, of a famine. And so, during that time, of course, the Lord spoke to Joseph and enabled him to understand what was coming, and so they saved up all this grain and all this food and stuff. And, well, guess who came knocking at his door at one point? His brothers. Of course, his brothers didn't recognize him because he would have, Um, changed over all these years and who knows he might have been dressed up like an Egyptian I don't really know or had the paint or I don't really know but they didn't recognize him it's very clear they did not recognize him they came to him asking for food and you know the amazing thing is is that Joseph uh, when he reveals to them who he is he just he's flat out already forgiven them you can tell he's already been down that road Of course, they were afraid he was going to kill them, right? You know, they were afraid he was going to exact revenge on them for all that they had done to him. But he forgave them. He not only forgave them, he took care of them, had them move over to where he was, and they lived a good life with Joseph. And I'm just thinking, you know, how many of us would have been sitting there plotting our revenge? You know, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, it took an, it took the grace of God working in this man's heart to grant forgiveness and not only to be not only to forgive but to actually generously give them all kinds of things it's just one thing to forgive someone who's offended you or hurt you it's another thing to kind of lavishly
1: give them things and that's what that's what he did that's what he did and of course you know
0: um the amazing statement that Joseph makes, is in that he really connects the dots here, is that he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And you think about that. Something to keep in mind is that truth of the sovereignty of God. He works even in our hurts. Even in the situations where people hurt us,
1: he can still work. Right? And he still wants us to forgive. Now, as I was thinking about this topic of forgiving others, um, I
0: was reminded about October second, two 2006, and that was the West Nickel Mine school shooting. You guys remember that? Amish school in Lancaster, Pennsylvania area, okay? And where this gunman named Charles Roberts shot and killed five girls and wounded five others and that one room Amish schoolhouse okay and the thing that i mean obviously a huge tragedy but the thing that shortly after hit the news was that the Amish community there uh that very night when that shooting took place some of them went over to Robert uh Charles Roberts you know the guy that 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 um shot those girls over to his parents' house because they lived in this community and offered um, you know, their, their support, <laughs> uh, you know, for, for, for just what they're going through. And, they, and, and the one interview I watched, because I watched some YouTube interviews, that the, uh, one, uh, I think it was a grandfather or maybe one of these girls went over there and said, I know you might want to move out of this community. Please do not move. We want you here. I mean, that's powerful. And and so the news just couldn't understand. The news couldn't understand, how could somebody, I mean, forgive like that? How could they forgive? And there's really only one answer, and that's Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's the, the love of God. They had experienced the love of God themselves, and they knew that God called them to extend that forgiveness. Now, that doesn't mean that they weren't grieving, that they weren't hurting, that they weren't even angry. But they forgave. And uh, I was just, you know, it was just amazing just to see that, uh, the response of that community. And then um, after the Newtown school shootings, uh, one of the networks did did a piece that flashed back to Charles Roberts' mom and what she's doing now. Having experienced the forgiveness that that Amish community extended to her, she has talked about her experience there of the experiencing that forgiveness all around and also learned that um one of the one of the girls that survived the shooting but was seriously injured um lifelong injuries she helps take care of that little girl she go the Amish people there uh, the parents of that Amish child uh, Invite her to come in, and they, she comes in, and she helps take care of that girl every day. She received, she experienced the forgiveness of these people. It transformed her life, no question. It transformed her life. And so, um, I mean, we could go on with verses and everything, but God calls us to forgive. We can't just slough that off. okay? We can't just say, well, only in certain situations, okay? Now, I do know that, and this is not meant to be a complete message on forgiveness, there's a lot of questions that come up to, like, certain situations like abuse and things like that. Does that mean I'm supposed to be a doormat and just let somebody beat me up, and I, as long as they seem to be sorry, I, I let them do it again? No, no, definitely not. Um, because I do think that, you know, forgiveness is one thing, but sometimes things can't just be restored. Right? Some relationships just won't go back to the same because either that person really hasn't truly repented and 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 really uh, changed, or it's just gonna be an unhealthy situation. And so you, you just kind of have to in in a sense relationally um uh have a separation, have some boundaries there, but forgiveness is still called for to not hold you need to release them from that debt just like Uh, The parable. Now, it doesn't mean that it won't be difficult. It doesn't mean that you won't have your moments where you need to maybe forgive again, (laughs) right? Does that make sense? So I'm not, like, naive to think that there aren't some situations that are, it's not just as easy as saying, I forgive you, um, like that, uh, that it doesn't take time, um, or that that things will always go back to the way they were with a relationship, because sometimes it just cannot. Kind of hope for reconciliation. You hope for repentance and forgiveness to be extended, but sometimes you know you're in, in that equation. There, you, there's there's two people, and and you can only control what's going on with you, right? You, you you can't make that other person do what they ought to do, right? And you can't change them. That's one of the things that that I realized as a, as a young pastor years ago. That um, I realized, you know, oh, I, I can't change anybody. And the quicker I learned that, the better off I slept at night.
1: You know, because first of all, I got I, I got work to do on me, you know. God changes
0: people. God changes people.
1: Right? But you know,
0: he does use forgiveness to do it. All right? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that uh, you have radical forgiveness uh, that's available to anyone who would put their faith in Jesus we talked earlier. God we just thank you that 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 is a forever thing that nothing can take away um, that forgiveness once we've received it. I think about um, the promise there in John chapter 1 verse 12 where he says but as many as received him meaning received Jesus to them he gave the right to become children of God even to those who believe on his name. There just another reminder it's the believing in Jesus. It's the who is the object of our belief? That's what matters in terms of having a relationship with God. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you of this, this time of year when we start reflecting on the cross and all that Jesus has done for us. And Lord, we just um, also just pray that that Lord you might help us if we're struggling to forgive someone, that you would grant us the power fill us up and help us uh, just to release them and not hold that against them and to even pray for them that pray that you would work in their life, pray that you would do whatever transformation that you need to do and, uh, Lord just remind us if, if we've kind of if we've kind of taken for granted the forgiveness that you offer through Jesus or bring it afresh to our mind. Let us see how much we have been
1: forgiven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.